everybody that's single is just like they don't know nobody knows what they want i don't yeah you know it's just nonstop. yeah it's nonstop just guessing nonstop. all the time all the time Hey guys, you're listening to Season 1, Episode 3 of Backstage with Nearly York, our brand new podcast series. I'm your host and frontman of the band, Lucas Gino. For each episode of this podcast, the guys and I are going to be going into detail about our music, the stories behind each song, lyrical interpretation, the evolution of our live performances, and more. This season, we will be focusing on our debut 11-song album, Time Alone, which we released on June 1st, 2018. If you like what we're doing here with this podcast, please let us know by subscribing to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever podcasting platform you enjoy using. Also, we would love to hear from you, whether you reach out with a message, email, podcast rating, or something else. Speaking with and learning about you makes all that we do feel worthwhile. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's get started. What is going on, everybody? I'm here with my uh, bandmates, Jonathan Porman, Bradley Hartman. Brad, say hi. What's up, everybody? Can I say hi? We're flying flying only, only say Brad's hi, John. I don't care. Say hi. Go ahead, John. Hi, I'm, I'm John. Say what's up. We're flying by the seat of our pants, and we've got a great <laughs> show for all of you this evening. It is February 17th. I it love it. It is the 17th. Uh, we are live streaming from the Sugar Tank in Lancaster. Brad, what song are we talking about today? Uh, we're going to take a look at Nonstop, which is the uh, third song off the album. Right on. All right. Well, without further ado, Nonstop. So, uh, Nonstop, what we originally thought of as the hook, the uh, sick of this nonstop guessing all the time. That was something that I had, uh, I'd come up with in the college days back when Brad and I were playing with the band Sheridan Ave. I think I sent that to you or I had brought it out in a couple practices, but we never really did anything with it. Yeah, it was, it was multiple practices that we, I mean, I say practices, but more of just like us getting in a practice room, messing around with song ideas. Yeah, that was like the main hook and like that guitar part, just kind of following it was something that we knew we liked. But at the time, we couldn't figure out what else we wanted to do with it. Right. Back in those days, actually turning an idea into a song was kind of a difficult thing for us. So this is one of those that just kind of got put on a shelf, but we always felt like it had some potential. Yeah, you know? I think uh, there was it was one practice where, I don't know, if, I guess it was all of us. We, You and I had pulled out the idea to John and Chris, and they seemed like they were interested in the... Yeah, yeah. I always felt like it was catchy. And John, I'm curious what your first impression maybe is or was of the song. I, I think this was one of the first songs that we asked you to play bass on, if I'm not yeah, wrong. Yeah, I kind of remember it. Not super well, but that was back at the very start. We had jammed on it a little bit because you brought the idea to us and I was playing bass. And Brad had that uh, guitar lick that you hear in the chorus, like pretty nailed down. Because I remember you showing it to me and being like, this part will sound really cool over top. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. So I was definitely doing bass for it. Yeah. So. And another thing when we were creating the song, one of the last things that we actually did was the bridge. The bridge actually stemmed, um, I was listening to the song Wordless Chorus by My Morning Jacket. And uh, that beat that's like, bump, 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 bop, bop. If you listen to that song at all, if you've ever heard it, it's an awesome song, by the way. Um, I thought that halftime feel would sound really cool in this song as some way to mix it up. And 
um, wound up adding lyrics at the end, uh, just really last minute for the bridge because it just still felt empty. Like Brad said, this was one of those songs that we waited until later to work on and we just kind of wound up under a time crunch and we were like, what are we going to do to make this work? Uh, we debated whether or not we were going to put this on the album at one point because it felt like we were forcing it. Which is, we kind of knew that going into it though when we picked a deadline that it, we were going to have to do that, but that was kind of the idea because we... We wanted to get the album out before we started playing a lot of gigs, so we had material for people to listen to. But I love this song because, to me, it is the song that shows we were headed in the direction that we're currently headed in. You could listen to this song and listen to the stuff we're going to record and release later this summer and be like, okay, I can see where they were going. Like, the verses groove, I think. Like, they sound good. The, the melody's catchy. It's pre-chorus is fine. And then the, the chorus, like, where we put that chant over top, was just kind of um, super last minute and... We didn't really think about, like, is this really what we want to put here? Yeah, Dustin had heard the song without any vocals in the chorus, and, and he had said to us after we'd sent it to him, his response was, maybe you guys could use something else in the chorus, because right now, like, I, I'm feeling the song until you get there, and I just lose you. And so we, we did make up that it's nonstop, I never know. We just made that up, and we're like, that's good enough, let's move on. And we definitely could have spent... I think more time with that, but that's that's essentially why it was created the way it was and why it sounds the way it does on the recording. But let's use this for a segue, guys. Let's switch to section two of the podcast, which is lyrics. Brad, I believe you and I are listed as songwriters on this song for the reason that when we had those adjustments that needed to be made, like you helped me formulate some of the melodies and the structures yeah, of the bridge and the say, chorus. It's, it's more of the structure and definitely the melodies. And, and we kind of said that with like the chorus being originally an instrumental thing that the dan and net 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 kind of thing was uh, part of the melody and incorporating that into the vocals. Yeah, I think that's mostly where my... Uh, Your expertise came no, in. No, I wouldn't even say expertise. Brad's expertise. No, my, definitely not my expertise, but <laughs> that's just where I kind of jumped in with it. John and Chris were definitely still new, which is why yeah. maybe at that time you weren't like, hey, we should do all this stuff to this song. I think you were definitely... Yeah. And, I mean, you can speak for yourself on this matter, but... Well, yeah, when we were doing the bass lines and stuff like that, I mean, I was pretty much... Brad was helping me get the idea of what, like, the sound and the feel of what to play. Yeah, like Lucas was saying, we weren't trying to make too much input because we also were still figuring out how we even communicated with each other and how much like we were allowed to step in on something that you guys have been working on for a long time but i mean we it was still fun in the process though it kind of felt like just being more of a studio musician you come in you're like okay this is what we want to do now can you play it and it's like okay yeah sure let's do that yeah i think it's so, definitely still more of that role of when you bring somebody new into a project it's not a tryout because like I don't want to describe it that way, but like but Brad, Brad and I already have it this idea though. of what we want, <laughs> and it's like, can you get on the same wavelength as us? And like now, I mean, I think all four of us have very equal say in what does and does not come out. And John I'm, knew his place. John knew, knew his place. Like, we put him down. I was like, hey, kept him I was down. a new guy. He tried to he <laughs> came <laughs> out with one idea. And I was like, just slow your roll there, pal. For sure. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not how it was. But in all honesty, though, like I guess this might be true of all musicians, but like when you when you come up with a guitar part and you're you're attached to it if someone comes in and tells you like what if you play it this way those are the last that's the last thing you want to hear which it wasn't the case for that song i didn't think that at all but like <laughs> this is you wouldn't do that yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't do this this is no. only coming yeah. out now i think no i'm John's, just John's i hated everything couldn't wait no i'm not i'm not hitting at anything i'm just saying it, it's when you walk into something new and I didn't know you guys for anything. I really didn't get to know you until we went to Nashville. No, that's fair. And that was the first time that I was like, okay, I can, I can actually hang out with these guys. But yeah. So anyway, so. 
Um, but the lyrics of this song, they were intentionally pop. They were intentionally light. Um, they weren't meant to be taken seriously. Um, I was just trying to think of fun things to say that would maybe even make you laugh. But I mean, like they're light and they are fun. But I feel like it's I feel like it's pretty relatable, honestly. And we were just out of college. I mean, your face is sugar, but your heart ain't sweet. You change your mind about me yeah, twice. Exactly. How many times does that happen? Like. People changing their, especially today. I feel like people are always changing their mind. It's like, okay, yeah, I just yeah. want you to. T are we? Are you into this or are you not? That's exactly. the point. That's the whole point of the song. Because nobody has the guts to hurt anybody's feelings, so they'll just lead you on for a month. I mean, especially in college. Like, if you were trying to get into a relationship in college, good luck. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's just nonstop. Yeah, let's go to recording. Let's talk about the intro. I think that's one of the coolest things we did on this record, to be honest, is the intro yeah. and the way it worked out. So, yeah, the intro is a phone recording of the first time we played it as a band. It is. And I had put my phone out to just record what it might sound like. I had an Android at the time, and I put the recording into interview mode. And so there's a microphone on the bottom of the phone and on the top for interview mode so that you can hold a phone like this and capture both people talking but obviously we were just using it as a room mic and so there was like this weird phase thing that happened things would like pop in and out and yeah it was like, oh, yeah kinda... it's like da -da, kind of sound what's the fun part too about like we had sat in the room and jammed on it just for fun a couple of times too and that's where a lot of the ideas came for how we were gonna like for parts that we were gonna use and stuff and that's like anything like new that we're doing we always play as a group too and that tends to really help for us i think yeah just to go on that real quick so that like we said that was the like that was the first time we played it and that that's what made me play that part in the verse then because we used that in the recording and what i was playing like what i was thought i was going to play it like didn't make sense that it was in that recording so i ended up and then that's what i played for it well, I think it's cool that I've been for the last two episodes, we've been playing like a band version, an early band version from a phone recording at the end of the episode. But like that, ver that recording made it into the record for this one. And it makes the recording sound even crisper when you get to that spot. Um, speaking of the song and how we tried to make it poppier, uh, we definitely did try to produce this song more. So we asked Chris to play really simple on the drums and we added a bunch of extra stuff. I bounced out a version of the one chorus that just has some of the extra things that we added to the song that weren't us. Um, and I wanted to play that for you guys so you can hear, maybe you can pick out some of the stuff in the background that if you're listening to the full recording, you wouldn't be able to pick out. So this is called Extra Stuff MP3. If you were wondering what the file was called. Parts the yeah the doodle doodle sounds like it sounds like I'm playing some old like N64 game or something. <laughs> it does like Spyro or something. Those are all well, off of the N64. Nord stage, by the way. Let's move on. Uh, so so we did gang vocals for a couple of songs, and <laughs> one thing about gang vocals with Brad, John, you can attest to this, is Brad doesn't like singing. He gets very uncomfortable, and so to counter that, he talks all the time <laughs> the entire and, process <laughs> and when we're in the studio recording i have to press record because i'm running the session so i press record sprint into the room we sing it and then i run back and press stop so we'd sing it and then from the time that it would take for for me to get in and stop the recording brad's egging john on like pinky in the brain brad's just talking and john's behind him like yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chris wasn't around for this. So <laughs> for your heck? listening entertainment, I compiled <laughs> I compiled a collection of the best moments of Brad after we finished yeah, we the gang vocal take. That photo. Do you remember oh that, no, that I have the photo I have a picture of you. It's like my mouth I is wide it. open. I have it still. It's I think it's on my can we like bring like post that? I'll post, video or I'll post the photo when we post the episode. What's this file called? It's Ooh. called Brad Talking. Here you go. Oh, oh. Sorry, my voice is not used to being this no, loud. Perfect. <laughs> so it keeps cracking and breaking and all this kind of stuff. Well, that wasn't the worst it could have been. <laughs> no, stop. Well, let's see how that sounds. No, stop. We gotta get a bunch of those. Though. Oh, it just. Da, 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 da. Yeah, 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 chicka, oh. chicka, chicka, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, so what, feel oh, what's up, yeah. Well, there you go. Wow. Yeah, I didn't actually get to hear that before, that just went there, so. That You're was, I've never was a surprise that to me. Wow. When I went back into the session and pulled that out, I died laughing, and I knew, I was like, I, I don't want to tell him, because I wanted you to hear it right now, in front of yeah. the camera, so you're oh welcome. Oh my goodness. That was See, beautiful. Yeah, that's what we put up with, like. That's a collection of like multiple takes, like maybe five or six takes. Can I confess something? Please confess. I would love to redo the guitar tones on that track. Tell everybody your role in the guitar so, tone world. Uh, when it comes to guitars, I get really into pedals and amps, and I've done amp modification, things like that. So we try to help Lucas out as much as we can. I don't try at all. I let John make every guitar tone that... I have, and I am not ashamed to admit that. Lucas thinks it's supposed to work perfectly when yeah, it comes when you, right when out the box. you first plug it in, it's just like, all right, this is good. So we actually, like, we taped down his knobs on his pedals so he can't change it after we set it. Taped down my <laughs> knobs. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um, as I was doing the edits afterwards before we'd send it to Dustin, we'd make a lot of joke versions of this song to send around just because we get... When you listen to something as much as we've listened to some of these songs, you just get so tired of hearing them that the only thing that's left to do is to make fun of your own stuff. Yeah. And with your guys' permission, I would like to play... Can I interject one other thing Please, too? Yeah, no. uh, you had gotten this was like towards the end that you're doing these vocals, and you had gotten sick, remember? Yeah, and your yeah, voice was gone, right. and it was coming back, but like you're having a really hard time recording vocals. That's why and it took I remember so long. Brad sitting here and being like, "He's normally a lot better than this." I was probably just trying. To try to keep you in the band. Like, please don't like, leave. I'm getting out of here. Bad. I gotta go. <laughs> Whatever. I got stuff to do. But yeah, so that's another thing to think about. Anyway. Excellent. Oh, For yeah. your listening pleasure, and please understand that this is 100% a joke. I am not making fun of anyone other than myself. I was so bored and so happy that I finally had my voice back, and I wanted to get a laugh out of the guys. So and you I were created, mad that you uh, couldn't sing it, so this was your yeah, way of letting off your steam. I could not sing it for the life of me, so I made what we now refer to as Nubstaff. That's what I named the file. What, Maybe I just referred to it. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we... Okay. I'll take full responsibility for this. I made this and sent this out. If you laugh, cool. If you don't, I'm sorry. This is (laughs) enough stuff. Okay, from the beginning. Your face is sugar, but your honey is sweet. You change your mind about me twice a week. And everybody's trying to have a time. You've never changed. I guess I'll never learn. (laughs) <laughs> I'm getting all the time. 
Yeah, there you go. That's yours truly over here. That's <laughs> you're welcome. That's what we got to listen to. Welcome to my <laughs> mind. We and meantime, while this is going on, Brad and I are sitting here going like, "What is he doing?" Because we can hear everything, and he's in there just. <laughs> because it, I had eight takes that I just. Well, it was bombed. impressive. Like he just did that on the spot, like, and then went that whole time, and then he, then he, only at the end he started laughing, and then yeah, yeah. So. so yeah, why why don't we no. just take that as a great time to segue into section four, which is playing live. The way we play this song live, if you haven't heard it yet, is very much so different than the way it was recorded. But we kind of we've redone this song a couple of times. Uh, we've tried a call and response section during the bridge, added a really big ending to the song at one point, and used it as a closer for a couple of shows, and then we took that out. Um, and I think it still needs some work if we're going to keep it in the set in the future. But do you guys have any comments about uh, the way we've adapted it in a live setting? We've bumped the tempo up a little bit too. I, th I think the the problem is it's just not a song that we all like are really in love with playing live. When it comes to live, I'm sure it won't be in our live set for forever, unless we a lot redo of, it. A lot of the stuff that we're writing now, like, and that's the cool part. We love playing it live because we're writing it, in my opinion, the right way. Not for yeah. lack of trying. We've no, yeah. put more effort into redoing this song. Like, I have two examples actually. I completely redid this song and sent this really like weird pop version, and they were like, "That's the worst thing I think I've ever heard in my life." Air, no, it you, wasn't that bad. Oh, I actually I enjoyed it though. You did like it? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't you think can be the judge. I don't want to talk for Chris, but I don't think he was a huge fan of it just because of the beat was kind of kind of like right an EDM track. Line, you know what I mean? Yeah. Here's an attempt at redoing nonstop. I definitely like the original verse more, but I thought the chorus in that version, to me, is more catchier than the version we have. So that's all I wanted to say. In the end, if we wind up redoing it at some point, going a different different route feels like the only way to make us really enjoy um, the live version again. We've added a new section to our podcast, uh, learn about the band section. So what I did was I went online and I looked up fun icebreaker questions. Isn't that cool? We have a bucket with our name on it. It's we got that from the Battle of Bands. The Nearly York Bucket. And um, so and rock lit it. for those of you that don't know us and you want to get to know us better, I thought we could each draw three questions out of this bucket and answer it. I'm the only person that's seen these questions. I try not to read any of them so that it's a surprise for all of us. 
It might wind up super lame. We never do this again, but I figured, what the heck? Brad, why don't you go ahead and draw a question out of the bucket? Oh, gosh. There's a lot of Read it out loud. Yeah, we're not going to do all of them. Just three a person. I can't even read it. What was your first record, tape, or CD that you ever owned? Hmm, that's tough. <laughs> um, the one that I can remember, at least one that comes at mind, was a Green Day album. Ooh. Uh, Dookie, I guess is how you say it. Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like the one. It's the album that got them on the map, though. Um, it's not like it was just completely random. Like it was just cool at school, like to listen to Green Day. So I just picked it off the shelf and listened <laughs> I, to I it. I respect that, John. What was? Do you want? Maybe we can all what answer this, every the, question. The, what was your, your first, first record that you owned or <clears throat> went out and purchased? The first uh, record, like not a LimeWire download. I want to say it was uh, Reliant K's first album. I think. The one where they're jumping over the hurdles. You guys, is the, it called the sweatsuits? No, it's called. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, how do you think, say it? I, I don't, don't know. We I've never even asked that. When we were when we were growing up, we listened to a lot of different stuff, and I think I primarily grew up on like Southern gospel music. It shows in the way that you lead your everyday life, <laughs> the way you speak. But you know, I think the first like album that I, at least in my head can say was like, you know, I think it was a Grits album. Rap it's a great music. breakfast. I was real food. into I was real into rap at that time when I was a kid. Yeah, right on. That shows as well. Yeah. So mine is a little embarrassing. Uh, my first record that I ever had uh, was f- for my Walkman. Uh, I had a red Walkman, and it was Kids Bop One, and uh, literally the first CD I ever owned. And I was listening to it at home one day. I was listening to All Star by Smash Mouth, the Kids Bop version, and for some reason, these two older girls had come over to the house with their parents who knew my parents and i was listening to my walkman on the front porch and they said hey what are you listening to and i said oh you know i just got this new cd and i didn't know who the artist was because it was kids bop and i was clueless about music at the time and so at that time kids bop wasn't always the kids like it was the real version and then kids would like sing the chorus or something. So I fast forwarded to a moment where I knew that just the artist was singing and I handed the headphones over for a second and like kept my hand on them and I pulled them back and they're like, oh, you listen to Smash Mouth? Awesome. And I was like, yeah, Smash Mouth. <laughs> like, oh wow. man. Yeah, that was a close call. But yeah, Kids Bop 1 and then my second CD was Kids Bop 2. Um, oh, solid. Oh, nice. And, and then, yeah, and then, and then Linkin Park. So... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Question number two. What did you name your first car? I named my first car a 1994 Chevy Cavalier white after my favorite seahorse from SpongeBob SquarePants. I named her Debbie. My first car was a piece of crap. Wow. Ouch. It's probably... No, that car, it, it was a, a 98 Dodge Avenger. It got me from point A to point B, but the door handles like to rip off whenever you're moving, which is really fun when you're trying to move all your stuff out of your college dorm and get it back home and your door handles are all not on the car i just lost my first car not too long ago um i had it since i was i think it was still 16 when my my dad got it for me it was a vw golf um and it was awesome it was i I never named it but it was definitely a he because it just i just knew it was a it was a dude emulated masculinity it was tough (laughs) but no i hit a manhole (laughs) Tell us more about that manhole. Yeah, I hit a manhole um, this past fall after a dentist appointment, and then I completely ruined it. So, um, Last question of the night. John, your turn. What Disney cartoon character were you inexplicably afraid of as a kid? I, I don't have one that I was scared of, but my sisters were deathly afraid of the, uh, the 
villain in um, Sleeping Beauty. That's mine. That's yours. Freaking scariest Disney villain. They like on it, the planet. I still haven't seen that movie because when it came on the one time, I was like, "Oh yeah, I've never seen this one." And then my sisters were in their room and they just heard the music play and knew what it was and yelled at me to shut it off. I'm like emotionally scarred for life. <laughs> they Get hated that thing. I didn't have many Disney characters. I was super afraid of. I want to know what Brad's is. That freaking lady from Sleeping Beauty. The scene where she touches Sleeping Beauty touches the needle and falls asleep. They didn't they didn't have any audio. Like you just see it's like dark and you know exactly what's about to happen and you see the needle and it's dead silent. And for some reason, because you know what's about to happen, it is literally the scariest scene I've ever like as a kid, remembering that, that scares the crap out of me. I, like right now I'm feeling anxiety thinking about that lady. What is it with this lady? Tell. Freaking horrifying is what it is. Jeez. It's yours, Brad. I, I don't know. I'd have to see like a list of Disney movies because I haven't watched a Disney Snow movie. White, The Lion King, Sleeping Beauty, mm. Aladdin. I'm not, I feel like I'm not too familiar. Lady and the Tramp. Yeah, definitely Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. And with that, I think we're done, guys. Nice work. Um, if you'd like to watch our next live stream, if you go to our website, you can sign up on either Facebook Messenger or email uh, to receive alerts the next time we're going to go live. If you want to follow us on Facebook, which you're already here, facebook.com slash Music. Uh, if you'd like to w- listen to this podcast when it comes out and listen to all our previous podcasts, www.nearlyyork.com slash podcast. Instagram is at nearlyyork. Um, YouTube, if you search Nearly York, we are the first option that pops up. If you'd like to come to one of our live shows, we're playing in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania next weekend, this upcoming weekend on the 23rd. That is nearlyyork.com slash shows or you can follow us on Bands in Town. And we will see you next time for uh, Backstage Episode 4, which is going to be for Water's Edge. Thanks for tuning in. See ya. So long. I just, I have, I, nah.